but hopefully we can get to more. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we should introduce it yeah. officially. <laughs> usually Phoenix takes over that because I'm usually like hitting record on all the stuff. And then he's like, you should probably introduce your podcast. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the Backseat Playlist podcast. You'll notice uh, that the first voice you heard is not Phoenix Johnson. He could not make it. He had to go educate the youths on how to uh, properly play the rock and roll music. But we have Josh Fiddler. Filling in. He was supposed to be over there on the couch next to Animal, but instead he is at the poker table as the official co-host of this episode. So Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming over. Absolutely. I've been looking forward to this one. Yeah, man. I would say that you are our number one fan. I, I probably am. I, yeah. But if you like for comments, likes, you know. Yeah, no, my stepdad said he's like, I not I like that not only does he have to listen to it right away, he feels the need to like comment on it. And I was <laughs> like, you know, we have a little bit of a of an inter- internet bromance. Yeah, it's true. working. So it's Hey, it's 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 useful information. Thank you. And I'm always seeking out useful information. You are the person that I have ordered the most amount of food from that I don't know how to actually pronounce when I order it. Well so that's great. I think it evens out. I I like that. I like to make things as hard to order as for, as possible for people. I'd so like that. to route my consoles as hard as possible for other people <laughs> to understand. Like how how do I use this? <laughs> yeah. So good. How, well, it's good to be here. How's it going? It's going good. good. It's going good. Um, I don't know. Worked today and drove out here to hang out with you and talk some shop stuff i guess for Sweet. a little bit i just played your work the other weekend i know was nice. i wasn't there because i'm not there on sundays which i'm fortunate about because i'm with my family but yeah all the happenings happen on sunday, sunday. Yeah. so but everyone loved it that's and good yeah, that was with nick mm-hmm. right? yeah yeah the final like gettysburg rocks day yeah there was some guy who was like i was at the pike all weekend and it was awesome and I, now i'm here yeah, it's awesome was it's like, a good Thanks, event guy. like they they yeah. pull in a lot of people and Hopefully next year we can get some stuff in the theater yeah. there too for it. So once yeah, I haven't we get seen that, that room on, yet. It's cool. I mean, I saw it when it was like. It looks like a like a theater with a line array system. Hey, line array systems are cool. And a stage. And it's the JBL boxes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's loud. That's good. I run the same PA at the Majestic, so yeah. I think the subs are different though. I think you got think you W's. Got, yeah, yeah. Which should be they're great the subs. I mixed. <laughs> The whole Gettysburg Rocks, well, not the whole, because it was like February Rocks or something this year, but on Friday and Saturday, I mixed with those subs. Nice. They went over well. Yeah, I think they're bringing all that stuff out Friday, so should cool. be up and running. So Nice. It's going to be cool. It's like a, it's a, it's a weird size venue. I think yeah. that's going to be the challenge. For anybody who doesn't know, it was a, it was the cinema one of what used to be a yeah. movie theater, and now it is a uh, restaurant and cidery? Yep. It was Cider Frank's room? theater, and yeah. yeah. But yeah, it, it's a, it's interesting that it's like 150 seats, hmm. so it's like you can't really get a real big band, but you, you can't can get, put a small band. Yeah, that's so, a weird size. Like, where, yeah, camper. find some mid-level, <laughs> mid level, mid level small bands. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. And you know, the local thing is, we do want to like create a space where it's like you can come and like have this killer sound system and like, we'll get a killer sound person like yeah. yourself to come run sound. You know, it's like for even for like the, the smallest local band, yeah. you know, and, and just do some multi band shows and things like yeah. little festivals and stuff like that. Be fun to do. Yeah. Sweet. 
Uh, I'm so bad at being the host. This is where Phoenix is like bubbly personality. He's, he's comes very, from. He's, yeah, like, he's, he's very animated. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, this is why I asked him to host my podcast <laughs> instead of me hosting my podcast. He is a very like he is good at it for sure. We have discussed his one major flaw: interrupting that, you. No, it's okay. uh, a lifelong allegiance to the Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> <laughs> They're one of those bands where if someone's like, "I got a free ticket to it," I'd be like, "Oh, go." It, uh, it depends on what I would be doing that yeah. week. I, I mean, they're look, they're phenomenal yeah. musicians. Can't knock uh, the musicians. Yeah, it's. I mean, I like I, I listened to it when I was young. Like, it's, it's a style of music that I'm not usually one to like gravitate to, regardless. So I don't think like. I have yeah. found myself on a stuck on a Dave Matthews YouTube video, you know, once mm-hmm. or twice. Like, wow, like. It's a big production that they put on. Yeah. The drummer's killer. All the musicians yeah. are killer. I used to be a big uh, hater of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and then I watched like a mix through of like, not not a mix through of a Chili Pepper song, but it was like mixing approaches by someone who mixed one of their records. Uh, was it? Uh, um, I think it was Brendan O'Brien okay. or something. And it, it wasn't was just, Andrew Sheps. No, it was because uh, it was one of the ones from the 90s. I think it was uh, whatever Give It Away was on. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that like he bust the snare reverb in with the room tracks. Okay. And I got obsessed with doing that. And then I went on a Red Hot Chili Peppers kick, and I was just like, they're just easy to listen to. Like, I get it now. Yeah, it's like easy listening. Yeah. Especially like the Californication yeah. stuff on. Like, the... The multitude of how successful that album was, like the first time I heard it, I was like, "Oh man, this is gonna be." I remember like huge. My, my uncle and his friends and my stepdad were all into it when I was like a real little kid. So like I remember being a little kid and being like, "Chili Peppers are awesome." Then I got into like punk rock and I was like, "It's stupid." And they sort of, they sort of walked that line though. Yeah. Because I remember with my group of friends, it was like Bad Brains, Dead Kennedys, mm-hmm. but then like everyone liked the funky. Red Hot Chili Peppers kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, they're 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 not my favorite band, but they're definitely talented. I get it now. Yeah, um, I think that's called maturing. Yes, yes. Yeah. I like a lot of things now I didn't used to like. So. Yeah, it's strange. <laughs> and then I've, I I wonder what I missed out on. You know, like yeah, did I miss out on some good stuff? Because I was just like so into indie rock music in college, like Probably. and everything else sucked and nothing else was good. Yeah, I think. I don't have that many guilty pleasures now. I think being involved in audio has really made me like shake that because I'll see, like at my level of even like live tech stuff, like a lot of the shows that I work aren't exactly the shows that I want to be working, but I can find something to appreciate in the performance if it seems pretty genuine. Yeah, I totally agree. It's like, especially going on this like recording journey I've been on is like, I find things on records where I'm just like, wow, that's amazing, or yeah. those drums sound amazing, or those guitars, or whatever it is, and then you you really start to listen on that deep level, and that's been the weird the weird thing, like, yeah. for this last year and a half for me, has been, like, wow, I'm just listening in such a different way to stuff, and, like, appreciating the work and time that goes into some of this stuff is, like, yeah. I was mixing some stuff for Daniel Collars, mm-hmm. did a couple tracks, and I mean, I'm on, like, version 50, mm-hmm. and I've got, I mean, literally 200, 300 hours in it. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's. my wife told me this morning, she's like, you have to stop. 
She's like, that's enough. No, <laughs> no more versions. Like, there is, yeah, you're done. I and, saw a sign once that said, "Done is better than perfect." I'm trying to like <laughs> embrace that more, which I think is my attraction to like more the live stuff. Because if I screw up something, I was like, well. It's done. Yep. It's over. Nobody's going to know it. Uh, like, yeah. As long as the ending's good, everything's yeah. fine. So I'm starting a, an out like a full-on album production now, and I'm listening back to my drum tracks, and I texted my girlfriend or something, or like we were in line to get food or something, and she's like, you seem stressed. I was like, I'm going to have to redo all these drum tracks that I've recorded. <laughs> she's like, why? I was like, I hate the kick drum. And then I realized that I had a microphone on the back of the kick drum, as you can see, like just above the beater. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't flip the phase on it when I started mixing. So, like, that's why my kick drum sucked. And I was like, oh, no, I actually it. did this right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's wild. And I was talking to Bob about that, like, comparison of live sound. Because, like, when I think about running live sound right now, it stresses me out, like, to mm-hmm. no end. Because I'm like, how are you going to, like, do all that on the fly? Because it, it takes me hours of sitting there and, like, figuring out where yeah. I want to route everything. Bob's like, oh no, it's it's easy once you once you do it a couple of times, it's fine. You just you get yeah. your program down, you get your workflow down. But it just seems stressful to me because I I spend so much time honing in oh. on like perfecting this thing, and you just you can't. You just have to get it as close as you can. And yeah, it used. To, I mean, it still stresses me out. Like if I'm mixing, especially like sometimes I'll mix events in the theater, and I know that there's 700 people in the room, and it's just like. Oh man, there's a lot. Yeah, like I was stressed. Like, what if I open a channel and like, like I have the gain wrong and it yeah. like starts feeding back? It's like that's like the worst thing that could happen. It's like, yeah, yeah. I I could never do do what you guys do. Yeah, I'm sure some of the people get a little annoyed because sometimes I'm in there just like making weird noises with my mouth in front of a microphone because I'm in like there's a weird like hundred hertz resonance mm-hmm. uh, on our stage in the theater. So like. I know that the JBL wedges that we use, the like VRX 7000s, like if you give a, a 100 hertz bump to those wedges, they do come alive because Bob's mixed on them for years and he's like, just try it. Yeah. But now I'm like, mm, but my stage resonates like just above that. So I'm constantly making funny sounds. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, it's it's it, it's been like a crazy years you know through this well i guess two years now Mm -hmm. since quarantine and i got back into music and recording again and was also congruently or i guess parallel parallelly (laughs) parallelly parallelly uh yeah make up words here um we do it all the time like in parallel opening a restaurant and building a restaurant out so it was like the 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 amount of time I've put into like learning how to record again, you know, we used to do it back in the day, like with Dan and Bob yeah. and like just whatever, like a Mackie sixteen channel yeah. and do like an ADAT recorder, like mm. it was cool stuff back then. Now it's like you know, a dinosaur <laughs> piece of equipment. It's like you want to carry around this sixteen track ADAT. It weighs like fifty pounds. Yeah, you know? I do like modern technologies. Really saved the back. Yes, yes, and it's and it's you know it, the the thing I like about it is that it's, you know it, it kind of allows more people to have access to things mm-hmm. to create things that yeah. you couldn't do before and sort of like evens the playing field. So like if you have great songs, like you don't have to spend like three hundred thousand dollars recording them. Like, yeah, 
to get them out into the world. So that's like, I think that's super cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was, um, I found this fascinating. It was, uh, there was a power outage in New York in the late seventies. So in some of the more like bad neighborhoods, which eventually like where all the hip hop came out of, like there was a, a power blackout and there were like riots and lootings, but like there was a bunch of DJ gear that was stolen, which sucks for the people who yeah. own the store. But I was like, oh, if you look at all the music that came out of people that probably illegally got their DJ system, like, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's cool to give an entire community access to something and then look at everything that came out of it. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was... No. Absolutely. But, it, yeah, it's it's like just getting back into the swing of this stuff is like there's been such a learning curve mm-hmm. to, like, to go all digital and learn, you know, logic and and just hours on end of just mixing and mixing. And then, you know, my big thing now is just trying to get stuff to mix. Like, that's not my own stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, just to have stuff to work on. And, you know, I did that project with Daniel's band, which, Two to Fly, which Mm -hmm. it sounds, it sounds cool. I'm really happy with it. And they're, they're happy with it too. So, you know, now I'm just like, uh, give me more stuff to mix. Just give me all the things, and I'll <laughs> and I'll just mix it for hours until it sounds good. But yeah, I would do that when I was in audio school. Like people would like, like work would end, and they're like, we're gonna go out. I'm like, I'm gonna go home and mix some Pro Tools. It becomes an obsession. It does, and eh, it's like it's better than going to the bar, I guess. Probably, yeah. yeah. Like. I mean, I made less friends, but it probably worked out in the long run. Yeah. Like, I don't talk to any of those people anymore. I don't anymore, have so. any friends yeah. like <laughs> that yeah. aren't, you know, musicians or cooks or something. It is a muscle memory thing, though, because I haven't really had to edit drums, like, intensively in a while. And I was, like, editing drums the last couple of days. I'm like, I forget how to do this. I hate editing drums. It's, yeah, it's not fun. It's not fun. Especially when I'm the one playing. I was like, ah, I can't even yell at the guy for play- not playing him better. <laughs> yeah, you're like, this guy sucks. Oh, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, it's uh, we're working on some Bear Mountain stuff, new Sweet. new record, and that stuff's actually super fun. And we got this guy, Julian. Uh, from, he lives down in Nashville, but he's doing drum tracks for nice. us. He was like a friend of a friend kind of thing. And mm. he like, I guess he tours with like Eagles of Death Metal and... Amanda oh, Shires cool. and uh, who else? Lone Bellow. Um, oh, yeah. He plays for them and does a lot of session work down there. But he's super, super cool guy. So fun to work with. Nice. So we just send, you know, stems and then he lays them down. Yeah. He does it like in like two edits. Like it's it's <laughs> it's like crazy. Like oh, good for him. Yeah. Like it, it's just you know he's he's just on a he's on another caliber of musicianship and yeah but it it's brought such like a life to the songs like Mm. other than me trying to like bang out some like crappy drum track just makes all the difference so it does feel is important yeah the performance because i mean the tones he's bringing are amazing too and his miking technique and everything is perfect but it's like they're not that much better than the tones that i could get but it's like the performance is everything yeah I was a when I was a student. I was fortunate enough to do a, to sit and watch a drum session with Chad Zaliga, formerly of like Breaking Benjamin and oh, stuff, nice. and he was in on a session. And I was like, Fuck. "Yeah, I, it's not in the cards for me, dude." Like, I'm really glad I found <laughs> audio because, yeah, yeah, you, it, it's it's like in music, like you have to be really good to make money at playing your instrument. Yeah, like 
you have to be next level because you know I can record cool guitar stuff like, but it takes me mm. hours and hours of work. You know, and a lot of these session people can go in and like bang that out and Knock like out four songs, yeah, in like, four hours. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So like you got to find your path to like yeah. you know how do you stay in it and do something that you love to do and you know offer something to the music community around you and yeah. and that's why sound people are so important and I had a thought I saw a tool the other day yeah I saw week. you were there uh, we were kind of like side stage I was like halfway it was just like in the midst of the concert I just remember being like Danny Carey just like. He ad-libbed a drum part to the pot. I don't know if you've ever heard the pot by Tool. I mean, I don't know specifically the song. He but. he basically just like made up a Tool song on the spot, like because <laughs> the drum part was close to what the album was, but it was also completely different. And I was like, wow, he just like ad-libbed like eighty percent of that song. I wonder if like it pisses off the other band members. No, because I'm like they're not playing to a click or anything. Like it's all just yeah. in the moment. It was cool to be close enough to like see like there are gods amongst men to me, like the top yeah. of the pyramid, and they're just like looking at each other, like mm, we might. Mm, who's <laughs> someone's almost falling off the cliff here? <laughs> yeah, but I just remember thinking like I'm never gonna be that dude. But then the, but mon- like, the I, monitor, that guy. <laughs> the monitor engineer was also on the side of the stage where my seats were, and I was like, I think if I work hard enough, I could definitely be that guy. Yeah, like I'm never gonna be the guy that everybody's watching but i can be the guy that 95 percent of the people in the crowd don't know exist and i was like sweet yeah and i think like the parallel there to like the other work that i do like kitchen stuff is like i'm like the face of the restaurant but the all these other people make it work yeah you know like if i didn't have all these people like the show would not go on and Mm -hmm. i think that's that's super cool but that's also something that took me a long time to realize yeah. the importance of and that, that goes back to that maturity stuff because when you're younger it's like you have this rock star mentality and oh, I was you the make best mistakes. dishwasher ever believe me were you? no <laughs> no I'm pretty good at it. I wash dishes like I mean it was you know all my shifts this week so that's, it's just yeah I'm happy to not have to do that anymore when like young kids say they want to be a chef I said well do you like doing the dishes? They're like, no. If they say no, and I said, well, then you can't, can't be, be the chef. chef. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's a pretty big part of it. Yeah. Just like, I had someone, there was someone at the theater, and we were cleaning up from a gig, and they're like, do you actually enjoy, like, doing sound and, like, lugging all this stuff out? And I was like, actually, I do. Yeah. Like, it's fun to me. I, <laughs> the only time I don't like it is when someone doesn't wrap a cable correctly. It's pretty annoying, but Dan and Bob sort of, Dan specifically, yeah. You know, and actually for years, I I, I don't want to admit this, but I, I pretended that I couldn't do it for a little while. That you couldn't wrap a cable? Yeah, like yeah. I'd just like mess it up, and then so he would just grab it, and then he would do it. Okay. I'd never admitted that to anybody. I feel kind of shitty about it, That's but funny. I think he might have known. No, because there's anyway. like once every big gig where I will go to like coil a cable and it's just not working, and I'll just drop it and leave it. I'm like, well, someone else. Like, I've had to throw it out eight times, and it's still not working. I give up. Yeah, that is annoying. But yeah, it it is, uh, yeah, I think the last show we played, Scott Fish did uh, the sound for it, and, you know, I stuck around and helped him wrap up all the cables, and he's like, man, what are you doing? You don't have to do this. And I was like, you know what? I actually like doing it, so it's it's fine. And I... 
there's very few things I thrive at in life more than a good loadout. Yeah. Like if I'm feeling it, I love loadout. It's yeah, like, my can you do this? Like, let's let's do this in an hour. Let's just yeah. get it done. So. Uh, we have a thing where if Bob and I are working a gig together, I'll time it. And there was one time we worked a gig. It's back in September, and we did, I think, the chili cook-off the day before. And then it was just he and I for the next day, and we did, the like, a loadout in a very similar time. Like, we did... A 78-minute loadout breaking down the full array for the the chili cook-off, which is yeah. six subs and seven boxes each side and eight monitors and a monitor console and a front-of-house console. Damn. It was, like, raining during the morning. <laughs> it was, like, right when I just shaved my head for the first time and no one told me that, like, the sweat just drops down the whole time. <laughs> yeah, like, it doesn't have yeah. anywhere to go. So that was fun. But then the next day, I think we had to do a gig. And it was it was a smaller gig, and it was just he and I, and we did like equally as impressive of a, as a loadout. It was yeah. like what the time would allot for. I think we broke down everything in like uh, like thirty eight minutes or something like that. I was like, wow. Yeah, I think when you do professions that involve some level of monotony, like in the kitchen, I'll if I have to break down like twenty chickens, like I'm just timing myself. Yeah, and like my I find the pleasure in like have I gotten a little bit faster at this thing than I was last time? And that's why I try to tell, like, younger cooks, like, if you don't find some pleasure in this monotony of your work, because all work is monotonous at oh, yeah. some point, there's no job in the world, I think, that's, like, something different every day. Yeah. You know, even, like, Anthony Bourdain or somebody, like, that travels for a living, like, that shit's got to be monotonous There's always as an fuck. airplane like, ride that you don't <laughs> yeah, want to be on. Yeah. A layover, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a rehearsal. It's like... You know, so it's like, you know, uh, how how fast can I cut up a bag of onions, you know? It's like just finding the, the little joys and, and Yeah, things. there's odd things that are just satisfying to do throughout the workday. Yeah. I don't know why. But, like, I've also found that with people that I've encountered, if people have worked in a restaurant or a busy kitchen <clears throat> and then they work in the live entertainment realm, there is, like, another level of, like, go time Hustle. that you can achieve yeah. yeah yeah it's it's because you're like in the kitchen you're on that same kind of time crunch where it's like hurry up and wait you yeah. know Let's we've all been do doing all dishes this. when there's no clean glasses left yeah and everyone's looking at you like, yeah oh great yeah you're like oh man so i guess it's it's sort of the same in live i feel at least but i also like it also translates in the flip side where it's like sometimes some of the calls at the theater like, John, my boss, like, the tech director of the theater, will call me in the day before to set up just so there's not a time crunch, and I will take my time. Yeah. Just because I don't – if I don't have to – like, I've set up so many shows under the the pressure of, of doors opening that if I don't have to, like, I'm going to take my time. No, make that, sure sounds, that, like, that sounds relaxing. It is. <laughs> I'll put a podcast on or two or however yeah. long it takes, and I'll throw all the monitors out, and I'll place my 58s up, and I'll – go up and I'll make weird noises in them and make sure that nothing's immediately feeding back and then I'll go build a, a scene for this specific show so I don't have to just throw stuff up. It's actually very Well, you just build that off the rider or something? like. Yeah, like, if it's... I try to be a good house guy where if we get a plot and they're using our console, I will build one... There's like three or four ways that I've seen consoles kind of built that's like the staple of what the people coming through mm-hmm. use so i will make like 
I'll do a scene that's literally just everything one to one, like exactly as the writer, and they can program everything. And then I'll do like another one where it's just like, you know, I know that the one to ones maybe a little too dumbed down for how they like to do it, so I've seen it done this way. And then maybe I'll make a third one and a fourth one of just giving people the options. Because mm-hmm. on we have a Soundcraft VI three thousand, so that's got a bank of eight, a bank of eight, your eight outputs. That's also a customizable layer. And then there's eight faders over here. Okay. So I feel like some guys really don't like reaching over here. Like you can't touch the first and last fader with your fingers. Yeah. So some people like to just work down. So I'll usually build a file that's just that. So So are you doing any of the like engineering for the front of house? Or do they always have an um, engineer with them? For the bigger, like the summer concert series and stuff that we do. I'm just kind of the audio liaison where I'm just like, my name's Adam. I'm the house guy. If you have any questions, I can help you set up the console. Or if not, I'll just be back there cleaning wrapping these up, cables wrap, up. Wrapping a cable. <laughs> and if you have any questions, just yell. Nice. And that's cool. And then for the smaller <clears throat> events, it's me doing stuff in front of house. So, nice. Or sometimes, like, there have been shows where they have a front of house guy and he, like, is on a separate flight and his flight got delayed and he can't make it. So they're like, well, you got to mix us tonight. That's cool. All right. <laughs> sure. I got it. <laughs> Stressful, but yeah. You know. Yeah, that's crazy. So did you what's you went to school then for audio? Yeah. Where did you go? Uh Amp in oh, Missouri, nice. So. Yeah. Cool. Lot local local yeah, venue. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they a lot of a lot of students coming out of there. Yeah, it was also good cuz I was just like I was a horrible student. I was just terrible. Like at regular school? Yeah. And I don't think it was, a, like, a smart thing. It was just, like, lazy. Not even... It wasn't laziness. It was just apathy. It was like, I don't care about this. Yeah. Like, sometimes, like, creative people struggle with, like, yeah. that kind of academic but then structure. They were like, well, if you go to school here for audio, you're just going to learn audio. Like, you'll have to learn a little bit of, like, other stuff that's industry-related, but you don't have to take, like, two semesters of, like, ancient Chinese architecture just to fill a... Yeah, credit. I was like, I like that. I'm yeah, I went that. to like a specialized photography school, so mm. we had like a business class here and there. And yeah, but, there was that. But for the too. most part, it was just photography classes. So that was pretty nice. Yeah, it was nice. You know, like you come out of school and like you know how to solder, so you can like people are like, oh, you actually know how to solder? I'm like, yeah, they taught us taught it to us in like two days. I need to like, learn how to solder. It's I'm I did that. like breaking cables and. Just they're just hanging on the wall. Mm-hmm. There was a um, we have like stage boxes in the theater, and it's a like a monitor split out, and then there's a couple like XLR returns or inputs. Yeah, and the one just stopped working, and I took the plate off, and I was like, oh god, like <laughs> whoever soldered this initially, it was just like this is not acceptable. Like they all of them are barely on there, so I soldered the stage like resoldered the stage box one day. See, that's a that's a good good skill to have. Yeah, for sure. Like yeah, I always ask. Uh, when I see Bob, I'm like, hey, give me some soldering lessons. <laughs> He's like, yeah, come on up. But then we never have time yeah. to do it. So, Not – after the first, you know, 20 failed attempts, it's pretty easy. I know. I should I, just buy the stuff. and. I had to get my – like, I had to get the muscle memory back for that, though. I, like, started it and I was like, do I tin the <laughs> – What's the order here? Yeah. But I only burned myself once and I soldered, like, 10 Only things, once. So that That's was good. That's good. probably my best record. So one out of ten, it's like yeah, ten percent of the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Yeah, 
Soldering um, irons are hot. <laughs> they they are hot. Um, yeah. So I, I this whole year has just been just trying to figure out my workflow at this studio, and yeah, I just got it finished figured out at my studio, and now I'm going to move it all upstairs. Yeah, so it's going to change. This is like but. the third iteration of this room, and we like we just moved in July of last year to here. Yeah. So what I, is this? Is this like a compound? A family compound. Yeah. yeah. So when I was a kid, I lived in this house. Okay. And then we moved to another house when my parents, my mom and my stepdad got Like that got one married. over there? No, we lived on Knoxland. Oh, over, okay. Um, and then my great-grandparents used to live in the small house up there, and my grandmother and my grandfather lived in here, and my grandfather passed a couple years ago, and then my great-grandmother moved out to like an assisted living facility, and it's just too much property for... Yeah. One now senior citizen to handle. So we all moved in here. She moved to the little house. That makes sense. So it's weird to be in the same bedroom that I was in when I was like <laughs> six. Yeah, driving up here to definitely get like a compound feel to yeah. it. Yeah. It's kind of culty. I was like, what's going on up here? What cult. What am I getting into? You're in a cult now. Oh, that's okay. It's, you know, as long as we get to record some drums. We or can something. record. Yeah, I'm it's cool. a recording cult. Yeah. I'm Perfect. in. I'm in. That's, Count me in. That's my thing. That's how I'm going to get suckered in. Yeah. Be like, we got speakers. Cool. What kind? All right. That's how I'm going to get kidnapped. <laughs> you have 12 Apollo interfaces? Okay. Sweet. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I, I have one <laughs> over there. What are you working with? The twin quad. Ooh, the quad. Yeah. Nice. That was a good. That was you got to get, you got to have a lot of DSP chips. Yeah. They really, they really kind of screw you over, but well, I was I'm not going to get into that argument. But I was going to get the duo. That's what then, I had. And someone was like, Nope, don't do it. You can only run like, two plugins. They're like, if you have a satellite already or a like a eight, like yeah. the eight or the eight P, they're like, then the twins fine because then or the duo's fine because it's just your monitor controller with a little extra gas at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. I, I um, I didn't want to, I didn't want to go there. Yeah. And my buddy who Aaron, who I do the Bear mm. Mountain stuff, was he had a twin when we recorded, like that stuff and I started using it and like the plugins were real nice and then I like held off for like eight months and then I got a twin duo and immediately was like I have to get a satellite because it's like I want to use these plugins but I can like if I'm tracking Mm -hmm. with something coming in and then I you know just doesn't work so then I also added an 8 Apollo 8 do you have the 8 or the 8P an eight, and it's an older one because I just I bought a used one. Yeah, because I was like, well, it's gonna do everything I need it to do, and hopefully for it'll be good for a few more years. And yeah, that's my like, because right now I'm tracking drums through Nick's album with that Soundcraft uh, UI little. Yeah, yeah, mixer. you were telling me about that. I love it. Yeah. I think it's it's pretty intuitive and it's simple, and the preamp sound pretty good. Um, but it just it gives me twenty inputs, yeah. which is useful for a drum session, as opposed to running my like my Behringers into my Apollo or yeah my what like uh, summing tracks. Down I don't know. I mean, I thing. would just rather like because even for Nick's album, which is like a stripped down album, I still have thirteen mics on the kit. Yeah, just because I like. I'm not trying to use them all at the same time. No, like I no. even when I mix, I have a very like twenty four track mentality. Where I try to like challenge myself. I'm like, okay, well, only 24 inputs can be running at any time in a song. Yeah. Because I think that makes everything feel bigger. But I like having the options of like, well, maybe this song 
the snare needs to be brighter. So instead of like automating an EQ or over EQing something, I can just I have a snare dark mic and a snare bright mic. Uh, so you put like the same position. Yeah. Two different mics. Yeah. Different. So I'm frequency running range. Uh, Bayer M201, which you've heard me rave about on yeah. this podcast. It's my favorite. And then um, that high old PR30 is my snare bright mic. Huh. And then I like you know room options, so I have. These 414s I borrowed from the theater are kind of my stereo room image. And then that Neumann uh, is behind the couch, and the couch is where we're like sitting here. now. Yeah, kind of as like a close baffle. So you're, use, like, you're using a room mic, but kind of like like muting the harsher frequencies. Yeah, it's kind of just there. a... It, and I'm not playing hard on this stuff. Like It's all gain and really light touch, which is an explosive sound as it is. But then if you just like crush a room mic mm-hmm. that you played... Like, if you have a lot of gain, quiet playing, and then you crush it with a limiter, it gets explosive, but not harsh, where yeah. it's all... Yeah, the drum the drum episode, like, well, the just the all the miking episodes mm-hmm. you've been doing, like, I, I gleaned a lot of, off of that, and that's, for like the last six weeks, I've just been like, I've just been going to the drum shop, buying new heads, changing them out, yeah. trying... And I've been trying to tune my snare for literally like six weeks, and I just cannot make it sound good. You're using like, two keys? I, I no. I'm I need to get two keys because I everything I watch, you know, yeah. it's like you got to use two keys, and it makes sense. But drums are drums are hard. And when we were getting these drum tracks from Julian, it's it's made it a thousand times easier to mix because yeah. it, it's basically you. But I've also been doing a top-down approach like because you had said this to me months back at bob's like Mm. that you were kind of taking this more top-down approach was like like, right when i got into it too yeah yeah, and like so that it stuck in my head and then so i i I was like well with with drums like wouldn't it be better if i made the overhead sound great and i made the and i brought in the rooms and Mm -hmm. then like if that sits in the mix now i just start punching things with like a compressed close mic on a yeah. snare. Well, because then you can like gate it harder, or yeah, like you're not leaning on the close mic of the shells. Yeah, and it made a world of difference. And now, now my drums sound huge and like punchy and yeah. and good. And and so you have those like breakthrough moments, you know. It's mm-hmm. like, and it sometimes it just it takes. You can watch all the videos. You can talk to all your buddies. Sometimes you just have to keep wor- working on it and I working on it. Said. Uh, because I listen back when I edit them, and this sounds like so egotistical, but it was like I listened to something that I said, and I was like, I never thought of that. I said it, and I knew that I did it, but I never like made the connection that it's something that I. Yeah, do. like it was it was in your head, like that you're doing that thing yeah. all the time. Yeah, it's like I also went neurotic with a mix over COVID because I had nothing to do. Where I took a legal pad and I wrote down every move that I made, so it would be like moved eq band six to 2.5k and boosted it 3 db i don't want to talk about this yeah that sounds it was that sounds terrible <laughs> it was <laughs> it was bad i mean I, if it i mean was it a learning experience for yeah. you though? yeah because then it would be like went back you know like three pages later it would be like went back to waves q10 band six at 2.5k and shifted it down to like 1.6k and i was like okay so i heard the presence of the instrument wrong yeah so it made me just more aware of like you but you know that's crazy oh yeah okay i wouldn't do i wouldn't if (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm not doing that now that I like have to work, but it was just like, well, I don't have anything on the calendar for the next four months. Yeah, so I yeah. Can do this crazy person thing. I mean, the deep, the deepest I get is like, I'll, I'll do notes on how, like, how I place the mics and things, yeah. just, just so if I get something really right, then mm-hmm. I can replicate it. But yeah, I have a I'm more of log. like a just like change everything, then save a new version and just. Just version up every time. I'm also scatterbrained that if I don't write it down, I'm not going to remember. So like, <clears throat> now we're not we're not in mixed note phase. Like this is like we're getting drum sounds, and then Nick will track on top of that, and we'll we'll get there. But like when I mix stuff, or like I'll have just a notepad, and it'll be like, here's the changes I made to this mix this day, mm-hmm. and then if I have to recall that, I can open a f- previous session. Or if it's just like, oh, well, I only changed three things, I'll just duplicate this and I'll shift it back. Yeah. Depending on the time that I have allotted. So what's your workflow like with Nick? Like, are you rehearsing live with him? No, this is all from... You're just all, you're going all like in studio. Yeah. Uh, he sent me demos. So he, he would send me rough demos and I would do a thing where I just wrote down my gut thoughts and like I, I wouldn't listen to them until we started tracking. So now he has scratch tracks done that he's happy with. Because they were like, in the gut reaction notes, they were just like, mm, you know, like, I feel like on a couple of songs, it was just personally like he was going really fast between like verse and chorus. And it was just like, well, we're not a, a pop band. So like, we can extend this part by yeah eight bars or whatever. And those were that was really my only like, mixed note thing so you're kind of like working on arrangement stuff and like yeah so i demoed out all the songs and i was just like here's just kind of a run and gun mic setup like i just wanted to test out like because i'm doing a mono overhead for it and i was just like i just want to see if this works if you like the vibe if not back to the drawing board so now we're just and you know i've played with him for three years now so it's not like i'm unfamiliar with his styling yeah but i'm still doing I'm probably doing 10 takes per song and I'm doing three takes with brushes, three takes with sticks, and then four takes of kind of a mismatch of something or yeah. other. Like some of the songs I just have a really safe, like here's a kick and a snare because my name's not in big letters on the album. Yeah. So my name's really tiny on the backside. <laughs> um, that nobody's ever going to see. Yeah. They, that's really annoying. I wish like on iTunes, I could click yeah. on it and then show me the, the well. Notes. This one's this one's going to vinyl. Oh, that that's so good. there's an added pressure. So it'll be a little bigger. Yeah, nice. Um, but yeah, so I'll do like three. Here's like a brush groove. Here's kind of the same groove, but with sticks. Here's just a pass of kick and snare wherever kick and snare were placed, and if that works, cool. And we need to overdub just a symbol or something that gives us the option to do that later. So I just try to give like even when I do. A couple like remote sessions for people. I try to shoot for ten, and it's not yeah. ten of the same pass. It's three and three and yeah, some stuff. Yeah, it's it's it's. We've been doing a lot of remote work, like with Bear Mountain, mm-hmm. and it's. I, I, I it, it's awesome that we can do it. When Aaron was here for the last record, he had, yeah. he had moved back because of quarantine and was living down the street in my friend's house. Because he's New York? Yeah, he lives yeah. in in the Lower East Side. But it was really nice to get in the room. Yeah, <laughs> there like, is something about suss that. Suss out ideas. Because sometimes it's like, 
I, th- I feel like the last record we did was more collaborative because we were in the same room. Yeah. This one's like, he basically finishes a song and I throw a guitar solo on it. Yeah. And then we call it a day, which is, it, it's fine. It's, it's meshing together, but it's not the same yeah. vibe. There was, a- and there's a bigger spread between yeah. my songs and his songs now. So. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, there was a, a project Phoenix and I were going to do where we were going to try to track it live at the Majestic because I cleared out time and then it never came to fruition, which I was a little bummed about. But yeah. It would have been cool to do a live record in the room that I work in all the time. It would be... Uh, it's always intimidating. We tried to do that back in the day with like some bands that me and Dan were working on. It's, it's so hard to like get tight enough to like make it sound really good yeah that's when I hear a great live record I'm like this band is crazy good yeah <laughs> even yeah I mean it does take away I mean I was gonna do like crazy stuff like drop like some of the side curtains and build like amp booths so it kind of eliminates it so it would be like oh it would have been all of us looking at each other but there would have been some, yeah you would have a good yeah good tracks yeah yeah that sounds like a f- really fun project yeah. we should do we it. should do we should it. Jam. You yeah. mean Phoenix. We'll write a indie. I do need to talk to you about another project, but we can talk off. We'll talk air, off air. Yeah. 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 Sweet. There's like some projects. need some like drum work and it's pretty we'll talk after. It's cool. It's, it's super cool. I like drum work. But other stuff too. But anyway. Yeah. Um Are you but, doing live cabs with the stuff? Are you No. Do you have the um oh what's it called? The Oxbox. Yeah. Coolest thing I've ever bought. I had I had a buddy who had one back in the day, and he didn't like it, and he really? returned it. And I was like, I thought I think this is the, like the coolest thing. It's ever. the coolest thing. It's for my guitar tones. It's just like not that miking cabinets is like particularly hard, but you know, it's not easy either. It's like, and I mean, he had. I'm a drummer in a house full of people. Like, it's hard to just be like, yeah. I have a session today, so you all have to hear the same beat for ten takes. I love the Oxbox in the way that. It, it's my amp. It's my pedal board. The only thing that it's replacing is the cab sims. Yeah, and it's Universal Audio cab sims, and it, they're crazy good. Yeah, and there's fourteen or sixteen cabs now. They haven't had an update for like a long time, which is yeah. super annoying. But I used I have like two or three cabs in there. I really like they work yeah. for whatever. There's like a like a black panel Fender twelve inch, oh, nice. like a two rock kind of. 212 mm. that's just like kind of sounds like my Benson cabinet. Is there, was there a Mesa one in there or no? Yeah, yeah. I, there's there's okay. like there's a Mesa, there's like a Vox, there's my buddy had it before the Mesa one was there and that was his hang up that it didn't have like the No, Mesa there's one now. Yeah, like know. and then there's all the Marshalls, but Yeah. Man, it's it's just fun. I just I have it lined through DI. It's always connected, so if I just I just flip my amp on and I'm ready it's to go. It's the ease of creativity. Well, cuz there's um, a quote from one of the engineers who like worked with the Beatles, because there was like some mildly obscure mic that they used on like a guitar pass, and he's like, I find it weird that people are like lusting over this mic and spending this like ridiculous amount of money on it just because it's discontinued. He's like, I didn't use it because it was a good mic. Like I used it because John Lennon had an idea right now and it was plugged in. Yeah. He's like, the mic I wanted to use was three floors up at Abbey Road in the mic locker, and I would have had to go up there, take it out of the, like, see if it's there. If it's there, I have to sign it out, mm-hmm. and then walk three flights, of de- like, three flights 
back down the steps, and by the time I'm back in the studio, John Lennon's pissed off or gone. So yeah. I just, yeah, yeah, it's you know, gear's not everything. Like yeah. I'm, I'm learning that. I've been purchasing a lot of mics and stuff. Oh, I bought like 12 microphones last year because yeah. I started making money again, <laughs> and then I got my tax returns back, and I was like, I actually made more money than I thought. Why don't? Oh, yeah, yeah. I bought a lot of mics. Yeah, I bought all that gear. But you know, I'm just I'm trying to build a decent mic locker. Like I don't need to have tons of stuff, but like I need to get some 414s for sure. Yeah, these there, aren't even mine. I borrowed them from the theater. That's yeah, my boss. I, like, I would I would borrow them if I could find. Some. Yeah, sometimes I, like, I borrow Bob's. And yeah, like I think that's when we started like actually talking about yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, I was just like, hey, we don't have anything that we need these for, and I'm doing drums for an album, and I think 414s would work. And they're like, you know the deal. Like just let us know you're taking them and don't. Yeah, Julian uses 414s on his overheads and They're his great. stuff. I mean, he has some magic symbols though, too. I haven't I haven't been able to talk to him about what he uses. And you know, symbols are so they, yeah. They change like from symbol to symbol so Even much. the same make and model. Yeah. Like don't sound the same. I know, I was like up at Dale's like just playing symbols for hours the one day cuz I I needed so I want to build this house kit, right? Like, because yeah. I want to have a decent house kit. Yeah, it's totally and smart to do. So, like, I, I want to. I'm gonna have like get like four snares. Like, I have a maple. I have that acrylate I just showed you, and then I'm gonna get like a brass or you know, yeah, something, and then something bigger and deeper. Mm. But like, I wanted to get a ride and like two crashes and hi hats, and I was up there for like four hours just playing every symbol and not really caring what the brand was or like what it yeah. what it was. I mean I settled on K like you just can't go wrong with those. They honestly like sounded the best. I, the Peisty stuff like some of it I liked but it was a little too like shimmery for I, me. I have a theory with Peisty is that they're very telling on how the player is. When a good drummer plays Peisty cymbals, they sound awesome. Yeah. When someone who doesn't have the finesse of like a Josh Freeze or a Stuart Copeland or mm-hmm. a Danny Carey, those are major Peisty artists. Like, it shows. Like, yeah, I've mixed some pretty sloppy drummers playing on Peisties, and it just sounded like gra- like glass was shattering the whole set. Yeah, I had a pretty specific when I was going in to build that cymbal set. Like, mm-hmm. I had a pretty specific thing in mind. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted like darker, drier kind of stuff. Just that's just like what my preference is. Well, like, yeah, because you're. You listen to a lot of the more like indie type stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. If I you just... were a death metal guy, I wouldn't be like, you should get some K custom drives. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean, I I ended up getting a pretty nice little little set. But it, you know, it's it's like I find myself like, why am I? I don't even play the drums. What am I doing here? Like, yeah. And and you know, but it's like yeah, I want to have a nice spot where you know you come in, have decent stuff you can use, and yeah. you know, a lot of people have their own symbols and stuff, but. You know, maybe I have something that works a little better for that particular song or something. Yeah, so. no, you can't go wrong with good symbols. And the Acrylate was a great pickup. Hundred bucks. Yeah, that's I'm jealous of that. Because like on Reverb, they're like four hundred bucks. Yeah, and I looked Jack, it up. Like you know, Jack books. Like, have you ever met him? No. He plays like with Daniel now. He used to play with us back in the day. He's a great drummer. Um, but he was like, "Do not spend four hundred dollars." He's like, "I will get you one for a hundred dollars." And like three weeks later, I meet him at the drum shop, and there's one for a hundred bucks. And nice. I was like, sick. Yeah, there's some of it's Ludwig name, I think too. But there's some great Ludwig drums out there. Yeah, I'm, I I just I want a vintage Ludwig kit really bad. Yeah, like I almost bought that one the other that day. That would be a good house kit. 
Yeah, because it would like it looks awesome. The classic <laughs> you said it was the blue sparkle. Blue sparkle yeah. was like the twenty eight inch. I mean, it's terrible to play. Yeah, because like we, I set it up and like the tom spread is like ridiculous. Like, yeah. and I, I put my like, hi hat in the middle, so I have a weird tom spread. But uh, put a twenty eight inch bass drum in there, I'll yeah. be doing this. And it was like this high. It was, like, yeah, <laughs> it actually it sounded cool though. So yeah, but that's just like I think you know. If we want to talk about something that might have some, uh, you know, value to mm-hmm. your listeners, it's like this journey that I've been going on, like, is either evolving or devolving into opening this like Bear Mountain studio, and it all kind of like stemmed from this project that I worked on with Aaron last winter, and it's a good EP. Everyone should check it out. It's, it's pretty fun and and for like we had literally a, a room like this but no sound treatment empty room um no drummers like we like we find ended up getting like you know our friend Layton to come do some mm-hmm. drums and then I did a couple drum tracks and he did a couple drum tracks and but just like the the quality that we were able to pull out of like an Apollo twin uh, uh, I think we had a focus right eight uh, scar the the low end one scarlet yeah so we yeah. had about 10 channels we had 10 inputs mm-hmm. that's what i rock it's just i use the behringer one instead of the focus right one into my apollo sometimes that uh yes um i had i bought a behringer one to expand to the ada yeah 8200 or something yeah. like that yeah. it actually i actually kind of liked it i like yeah i think my next move when we were talking about apollo is I don't know if I want to get one of the UAs that has preamps built mm-hmm. in, like the 8P, or if I just want to get an 8 or a 16. Because I think I read that the 500 series Midas preamps that they sell for like 220 mm-hmm. bucks or something, I think they're the same preamps that are in the like the Heritage XL consoles. Really? The, like the flagship ones, yeah. or at least they're very similar. And I'm like, hmm, I do like the sound of... Midas Heritage consoles. Yeah, so. that's that's where I'm at because I I'm trying to plan, <clears throat> do some pre-planning, and so now I'm running the Apollo Twin. I've got two Unison. I've got Apollo Eight, so there's four. So I have six Unisons mm-hmm. that I bought the Warm Audio WA four twelve, which they sound awesome. It's, which is that one? It's like four. Is that the tone? The API? No. Oh, it's like the API clone. Oh, I didn't know they did an API. <clears throat> yeah, so it's four. WA-412, they make it in a single or in okay, like yeah. a four. It actually sounds amazing. Because it's not the Neve one. That, no, that uh, they they have, yeah, the, they have the, the 1070 C3 yeah. clone, which I'll probably... So anyway... I've thought about also just like down the road getting it where I just have a mini warm audio console where I just have 16 or 8 of the, the double... Do you watch Andrew Masters? Yeah, I yeah. got that idea from yeah. him. He's, his setup's pretty sweet. Yeah. And I think I'm going there. But see, so... So the Apollo, so I've got six unisons, and then I've got four of the warm audios, mm. so I've got ten really good preamps. So that's yeah. pretty good for almost anything. That Better I run, than my <laughs> setup from a, a pure gear standpoint. Then I run in the Focusrite ADAT, mm. so then I have eight more. So then I so I basically have like 20, 20 channels. Then I can ADAT in my Behringer. Yeah, so you have 28. Yeah, like I could have a, a ton of channels. But what... I think the the new setup's going to be the Apollo 8, Apollo Twin, 
the Cranborn Audio 500. I've seen those, yeah. So that ADAT's in. So okay. then, so that would replace Damn. like the Behringer. So then you can fill that with like pre's or compressors. Mm. And it's awesome because you can go in and out through the Apollo oh. inf- interface. So you can use yeah. any of your compressors as plugins and stuff. So, and it saves you like a patch bay and all that stuff. So, and it's very reasonably priced. So I think that's going to be my setup for the, for the new place. Cause I, I'm, Really, I was like, gosh, I was going to build like a lot of outboard gear and then realize that I'm not a good enough engineer to hook it all up, you yeah. know? So I'm trying to find it. And in the box is like, there's a lot of good stuff Convenient. out yeah. there. And it's really just what you prefer for your workflow. Like, there, I think there's that part of me that why I like doing live sound is because I like having my hands. Yeah. Like, when I make an EQ move, I actually thought about actually just getting like a stand up desk. Because when I mix live, I stand, and when I mix, and you can really this, get into it, yeah. Like, so you can make a better home mix if you were just yeah. standing there, like really. Well, it was like it. when I started doing the live stuff at Bob's shop, and I went to mix the first one. It was cool, but it was like my mix felt flat. It didn't feel loud, so I like I turned off all the lights in the basement at the old house, and I like cranked my monitors up like beyond of what like. <laughs> you should probably reference when you're mixing. Yeah. And I just went for it, and I was like, man, I made less moves, and this feels more appropriate for the surroundings. Yeah, I, I, yeah. it's... I, when I started mixing... I, I The other day I listened to a mix that I did like a, like a year and a half ago, and it sounded terrible. <laughs> and I compared it to a, a mix I just finished, and like there was a lot of progress, but most of it was made in like making less dense mixes and yeah. cutting out things that, that you don't need. That's why I try, like I said, I try yeah. to keep only have 24 inputs in a session go at the same time. Yeah, and it, it, I think, you know, I, at any time I've got 10 drums, 10, yeah, about, yeah. The, about the same. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, I, I, you know, when where we get in trouble and our mixes start falling apart for Bear Mountain, is like just keep adding like a synth part or add this part or add this, and then all yeah. of a sudden it's like, Everything's squashy and just doesn't yeah, work. So. You don't know what to focus on. Actually, when I got those uh, headphones that you're wearing, I was scared to listen to some old mixes because I like the way that those sound as a. Uh, these are these are nice. They're they, they super feel comfortable. really comfortable. Yeah, I need to get a new a new pair of headphones. So. I recommend the. These are buyer. Yeah, the seven yeah. seventies. Because the nine nineties are open back. Yeah, I don't. I don't want that. Yeah. Because I don't want to hear other stuff. No, and like I wouldn't track with those because they're kind of quiet. I got the two fifty ohm. Yeah. So I might have, if I could do it again, I might get like the I think eighty eighty ohm, whatever the mid version is. Yeah. Because those are just a little hard to drive. Like with, I mean, you're running out of your Apollo, so you have enough gas for it. Yeah. But I find on like when I reference on my in ears or like my other headphones, I was at like the third between the third and the fourth little like mm-hmm. light thing on the dial, and with those, I'm at seven on yeah. the low end or ten on if I'm mixing a little louder that day. Yeah. But sonically, oh, I love them. They just have such a... You sound really nice. They have such like, an atmosphere to them. You have a nice air to your voice. Thank you. And like a nice low end. I've been told I sound good talking into a 7B. You do? So. I need to get a 7B too, but... There? Did you see the one that Universal Audio came out yeah. with? Yeah. I think it's just a clone of this like really cheap... Mike, I was watching this guy's video, 
and like this company that just makes mics and they just like rebadge it, which isn't certainly a bad. Yeah. It's not necessarily a bad thing because they they change it, you know, to their frequency mm-hmm. specs and stuff. But and it's not an expensive mic, so the UA one. Yeah, I think it's cheaper than a seven B two. It's like two ninety nine or something. Yeah. So uh, Phoenix has the Pod mic by Rode and loves that. Um, sort of the same kind of. Thing we haven't 7B. shot him out. We haven't A-B'd him. He keeps forgetting to bring it up when we do these because it's set up as his talk back. You guys have studio. so many A-B things you have to do. I know. Like, you have like months and months of filming to do. I know. And then I'm starting to get Because I'm like, like, yeah, you should do that. <laughs> oh, we talk about it. And then just our schedules are just hectic. I know. So we just like, we need to keep this gaining momentum so we can then get the next thing yeah. going on momentum. Yeah. But. I'm yeah. looking forward to it though. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm ready for to watch you on your journey here. Thank you. You'll be a part of it. It's super cool. Thank you. And it, it, it like I said it before, this show is very informative. Thank you. There, I've got. There have been a couple people like I've listened. Do you know it was the guy? Uh, do you know Dodd Edwards? He puts mm. on Homegrown Fest. No, he comes think out so. to Gettysburg Rock stuff. Uh, oh, he, I think yeah. He's a trucker, so he misses some of the stuff, which is why he put on Homegrown. He puts on Homegrown. Mm-hmm. And he, like, I started this podcast when the pandemic first hit, and then it very just quickly turned into me being sad and talking about Marvel movies. And I was like, no one needs to listen to this. Like, so they're all gone. Yeah. Like, all the old episodes are gone. A complete rebrand. But he listened to the new one, like, these new ones, sort of. He was like, I tried to listen to it. He's like, I couldn't understand it. But he goes... I did realize that when you're standing there behind the mixing board talking to yourself, because I talk to myself when I mix. Actually, I just talk to myself all day. Yeah. Uh, he goes, you really put in more effort than the average person probably thinks that you are just standing there. And I was like, yeah, thank you. Like, Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of nuance to this. Oh, yeah. And you can tell. You can, you know, back when we used to play a lot, like, you'd show up to, like, I think we played, like, Arlene's Grocery or something up in New York, and, like, the sound guy just, like, didn't give a shit. Yeah. Like, no shits. Like, just like, yeah, and yeah. Phoenix and I yeah, talked about... Plug in your thing over there, and then I'm just going to do this, and then I got to go outside and smoke some weed or something. Yeah. It's like... I, I get it. It's like you're mixing, like... That That venue does multiple bands a night. There's, like, 12 bands. They book you. Don't pay anything. It's yeah. kind of a sham. But, like, it's like, you know... I don't know. I could never do that, because I'd be like, no, I got to make you sound, like, as good as I can make you sound. Like... Yeah. Yeah, it's just that's just me. So. I actually had a mix. I mixed a festival uh, in September, just one of the local ones, and it was just like just this girl playing a ukulele and singing, but her voice complemented the ukulele so well. It got to the point that I didn't have anything to tweak, and it was uh, the one guy Matt who works for Bob, and then my girlfriend was on the other side of me, and they both looked at me and they're like, "What are you? You're usually like." I was like, I can't do it. Like, like it sounds good. It just, I was like, this might <laughs> be my, my best mix. Like, I, they'll both vouch for that because they both looked at the same time. They're like, "What? You're su- you always complain that not enough people turn, I'm like turn something." I. What do you want me to do? Like, I'll hit the delay. I'll tap the delay for the next song. But until then, I have outdone myself. Nice. That nice. was that's that's a good moment. It felt good. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I've met. There's just oh. When we released the episode that we did with Bob, which will probably come out next week. I can't wait to hear that one. Phoenix and I talked about, we dealt with, and I'm sorry for people who have to hear this again, I think. 
we played some shitty bar in Delaware. We had to like drive to Delaware. Actually, I had to drive to Frederick to meet Phoenix. Then we drove to Delaware. Then we drove back because I had to be, I had to do like an 8 a.m. shift the next day. And that sucked. It's like the sound guy was just like, he was so mean. Yeah. Like he like threw my hardware bag and then he's like, you didn't tell me that was going to be heavy. And I was like, well, it's full, it's filled with drum stands. So you would have just kind of thought. And he looked like Chris Lord Algae <laughs> and Radar from MASH. Oh, nice. Like That's a good mashup. <laughs> and he was just like, he yelled at me because I couldn't move my drums off the stage in like one just kind of motion. I yeah, like, I th- I think... It was a four-piece... It wasn't like yeah. I rolled in with like two bass drums, four rack toms, two floor toms, like... I think that there's... There's... There's a point where it's, it's time for some people to get out of what they're doing once you yeah. get to that. I had a lot of experiences like that too when we would like I'll hit my moments of frustration throughout the day, but it's yeah, but it's rare that I to take it out on somebody. I mean, I've had to tell people like if you don't know how your gear works, you shouldn't bring it on stage. Like yeah, come, like you know, you the artist is not starting on time because they have one of the wireless mics like the over the ear ones and it's not syncing up to their like receiver yeah and i'm trying to like sort through the menu and they're like yelling at me that well it always works and i was like well sometimes these things like reset like yeah this isn't really my fault here like well we're supposed to be starting now and i just was like bro <laughs> i'm trying to help you like yeah this is your equipment so yeah, yeah it's we 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 encountered a lot of that stuff but when it, we would go out. It takes a lot for me to get, I think, into like dick mode. No, that's what I'm saying. I've like, encountered sound guys that are just immediately start yelling at me, like, yeah. "Wait, like, get your shit up here!" You know, I'm like, "All right, uh, I'm I'm going." It when getting out of the pandemic restrictions, I'll call it, because I you know I think we're at the tail end of it now. I forgot that I had like a nice yelling voice and then like an angry yelling voice. So I think my first couple shows back, people really did think I was like you were just yelling. I was the asshole sound guy (laughs) because I forgot how to like you know yeah and like you your your interaction skills were yeah were rusty lacking yeah Yeah. and I'm awkward kind of to begin with. But yeah, there's definitely like I have a nice yelling voice, which is just like I work in a loud environment and I need to talk to you. (laughs) Versus like I was just yelling at this guy. I was like, I apologize after the gig. I was like, I know the sound's made up, but I was like, I, I have a nice yelling voice. I just forgot. And he's like, nah, dude, I get it. Like, He's like, there are sound guys that don't have a nice voice at all. I was like, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank but yeah, I've encountered a ton of night great people yeah. too. So it's like, it's like any industry, you know? Yeah, it's, I think the bad ones outweigh the good ones in the memory bank. Like, oh, I don't, yeah. I think there's more good sound people out there than there are like angry mean I could probably recite every bad review of my restaurant to you but like not tell you any of the good ones it's just like I don't know how like my brain just works that way yeah like I feel like I've mixed a lot of good sets not trying to be like look at me mixing good sets over here but I like all of my big mistakes I can recall like yeah. chronologically, alphabetically, like like I did that on this date at this time. And I had I had like I remember I had that beer that night. And then it was like <laughs> good sets would just be like, I think I just did good. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, it's you know you're gonna have different nights. We have like, in the restaurants all oh, yeah. you know, like we had a great Saturday last Saturday. Everything was flowing, customers in all day long till close, and you know like a re- almost a record setting sales day. And then it's like, then the next day it'll just be like everything goes wrong, yeah. and nothing's working, and everyone's in a pissy mood. And it's it's yeah, it's it's hard to deal with sometimes. But people are weird. Yeah. 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 Sweet. You want to get into the playlist, cap off this episode? Yeah. Yeah. Or we can keep talking about nerd stuff. No. Just don't no. Wanna hold I mean, up. I don't want to like <clears throat> nerd people out too hard, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> um the question is, are you gonna listen back to this episode? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> I won't be able to. I don't want to hear my voice. I was on this one. Guys. <laughs> Guys, check this out. Sweet. I'll play it at work. Hey guys, come 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 listen to me ramble. I just remember when we were installing stuff. When I walk into Mela, I will say this. I always tell people, I stood on that oven. Yeah. I asked first, you <clears throat> said it was cool, but I'd just like to tell people. It's very sturdy. Yeah. Very sturdy. People always think there's like a great story to it. You like, know I had to run a wire. Yeah, I just had to plug in an <laughs> HDMI cable. And then the other thing is one of the guys that worked in like the cider part, like the brewing part. I was just like asked if we had speakers for that, and he's like, "Cause I want to fucking party, man." <laughs> I was like, "Cool." I know it wasn't even the plan, and Bob was like, "He's like, I don't, I have some speakers I can throw in there." I was like, "Oh, okay." I forget who it was. He's just like, "I just want to bump some tunes while I work," and I was like, "I get it, man." I know. I was like, "That's weird," but they they turn it up so loud that like I just hear it in the restaurant sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, guys, you have to turn that down a little bit. Yeah. And then there was one lady who worked at like the front of house thing of the restaurant becky uh, maybe older um, like an older lady yeah yeah i walked becky. in and she was like have you been here before i was like i hung all these speakers <laughs> i've been i spent a lot of time <laughs> here like i've seen every i almost brought you an apple bacon pizza today oh that would have been cool i just wanted to get out of there so i, I understand that i didn't feel like making another pizza i don't blame you but next yeah. time uh next time I'll that's my pizza. go-to it's pretty good have you tried the Andouillean cheese pizza, though? Yes. Is that the slightly spicy one with the honey on it? Yes. Yeah, I ordered that. That's my favorite pizza I looked probably at, ever. I looked at, uh, we went, we saw Spider-Man, and then we went to Mela. Nice. And I looked at my girlfriend, and I was like, I don't know how to pronounce this, so I'm going to order it. Oh, it was one of those things. Yeah. It's Andouillean. Okay. Andouillean. Andouillean. It took me a long time I just to learn at that. It when I went, I was like, this one. This one. It's so good. She has a complaint though. What? Uh, the who's a what? Spinach and mushroom like uh, ravioli or something. She got it in the spring. And we don't have it anymore. Yeah. And she's mad about it. Yeah. She's like, when he comes on the podcast, you need to tell. You him. need to tell him to make that. Yeah. Okay. But has she tried the butternut squash risotto? I don't know. Ask Corey, her. have you tried it? I'm, I'm going to send her this clip isolated <laughs> so there's that one and i actually had a fan question for you oh yeah because i've been telling people that josh fiddler is coming on the podcast what's and people want to know how is the artist decided for your cocktails because all of your cocktails are named after oh, yeah. songs of uh, musical artists that's a uh, like an ilsa thing she's right. our beverage director very talented so I think it's the first one started as like just a funny joke. Then I think they did Beyonce or something. And like it just caught on, like people loved it. So like Ilsa was like, we're doing this for every menu. So we just actually sit down and we start throwing around ideas. Or lately we've just been like sourcing the 
the employees and like that we have like a group text thing and they just start like pouring it on and I'm like no no absolutely not <laughs> then there's like a short list yeah you know and ultimately like I have to approve it or Ilsa you know yeah. so but yeah it's been we've done like Prince I think and we did Bowie Bowie Beach Boys was like the summer yeah. which actually it's super fun because you don't realize how many song names like are good drink names yeah like and it's just like the beach boys one was just like wow like that's perfect like all these songs are just drinks like yeah so that's yeah cool. it's pretty fun it was i thought it was a great idea i have tried many cocktails that i normally wouldn't try just because of the name of yeah. the song yeah so and they've all been good it's fun she makes they make amazing cocktails and i felt i got an espresso when we played it came in that little tiny cup. I like those little. And I just it made me feel really big and fancy. <laughs> Cuz one of my favorite movie scenes is from Avengers Endgame. When if you've seen it. I have. When Hulk hands Ant-Man the tacos, but he's yes. Big Hulk, but the tacos are like that. Real it made small. me just feel like that. Yeah. And I was like it just warmed my, my heart. My daughter like we 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 have those at home mm. so we we sip together. I no. mean, hers is just milk. Mine has coffee. I don't give her you caffeine. could. I, I could. I wouldn't judge you. She's too. I, that would be a terrible idea. She's already like hard enough feel to like deal with. It's. I feel like in little kids, like caffeine actually has like the inverse effect. You have oh, to look like, into it. Like Adderall. Like sure. For like you know, maybe we'll try it. I don't know. Talk to my wife tonight. I mean, I would look it up. Maybe it'll consult, calm her down. I would, I would consult a medical <laughs> professional before you take my advice. I take your advice on everything. So <laughs> he's, he's got he's got podcasts. He knows what's he's up. A, I, Adam told me it on his podcast, and my wife will be like, "You need to stop listening to all this podcast." <laughs> like, <laughs> she she does not enjoy your podcast as much as I do. That's understandable because she just has no idea what we're talking about, and it's understandable. But I do that to her all the time. I come in house like, you got to hear this eq move i made like uh, and she's just like i don't know what you're talking about she's like just make my voice sound good, good. and yeah. that's all i care about and i'm like okay well i'm gonna text adam about it then okay yeah i'll, I'll respond <laughs> oh yeah my girlfriend will come to shows and i I feel bad I, there's like admission of guilt it's just like because the live events schedule is kind of like a restaurant schedule where it's just like weekends are just you don't have them yeah so, like, she'll have off, and I'll be like, she's like, well, we can do something. And I'm like, well, I have to work a show, so you can come to the show. Like, that's the best I got. Uh, that's super cool. But, yeah, she'll come to a lot of them, and there will be times where I'm like, mm, did you hear what I did to that kick drum? And she's like, nope. I'm like, but did you God feel it? it. <laughs> did you feel it, though? <laughs> when I discovered the parallel path on the Allen and Heath consoles. You love that. Oh. Uh, did we get an Allen and Heath console at the theater? I think so. I feel like you got an SQ... An Allen Heath SQ. Yeah. Does that have that? Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so you can basically do... So, you like, what you do... Because you have the VMR, right? You said the Slate one? No. I don't use, like, like a mixer. No, I was talking about, like, with your plugins, the... Oh, yeah, the Slate yeah. Mixer, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can dial the mix in on your compressor? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's a... Um, in the menu somewhere on the compressor, it'll say Parallel Path. And so if, you, it's, if it's blue with a little green dot in it, it's off. But if it's green with, you know, if you make it green and turn it on, it's the same thing. So it'll revert to, if you have it at 100%, it's 100% compressed, but you can dial it back. Oh, so it's like running it like on a bus, but it's on the, the channel. channel. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. the slate plugins do the same thing. I always get, I, I can't ever make a decision 
Because some of the UA plugins do the same thing, mm-hmm. like that, like the API twenty five hundred compressor. Yeah, like I just got that, and it's just like it does things to drums that are just amazing. Mm-hmm. But it has the mix knob, so I don't, I I have a hard time deciding if I just throw it here or yeah. I put it on a bus. It's just like that decision stresses me out. Phoenix is of the I'm just going to turn the mix knob back um, mindset. I'm more of the I'm going to put it on a bus and I'm going to have good cop bad cop. Mm-hmm. And that's that's me. Yeah. I like, like I like to like leave my original tracks kind of untouched in a way. Yeah. So just minimal processing yeah, like, like EQ you know, and stuff on the snare but you don't really need that much 400 in your kick drum so you're going to like bump that out a little yeah. bit but then you're going to yeah. And, and I then think I'm it's running my live like, my live guy mentality or workflow. Where it's just like, I'd rather just do the move on a fader. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, if I'm going to go in Pro Tools, which I'm thinking of leave whatever DAW I accumulate Yeah, next. we'll talk about it after. Yeah. Um, I w- I just It's easier to just EQ, or not EQ, but automate a fader. Because you can just mm-hmm. click volume and boost that up. Then like, go, like selecting your plugin, making, selecting the automation dialogue that you can use and selecting the par- parameters. It's too much clicking where it's just... To me and my taste, if it's on a fader, I can just bump the volume up right on that screen. See, that's interesting because I think that, like, I did some live sound back in the day, but like, I think that I mix more like a live performance. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think this is a good thing either. I think that I have a lot of learning to do on how things translate. Yeah. Because it's different. Mm -hmm. But I want to feel. The kick drum, yeah, and I, I want to. When I sit in my car, like I want to feel this thing in my lower back, and yeah, I'm really I want to feel some air. That's just like I, that's how I like to listen to music. Phoenix is that way. He likes to in his mix room. His his subwoofer is hot. <laughs> He's like, I always have too much like bass in my mix, and I was like, Well, just turn your subwoofer up, so then you're not doing as drastic EQ moves. Yeah, you're just feeling it that way. I'm the opposite, where it's just like when I'm in studio, I want my workflow to be similar, but I want my listening environment to be completely different. Mm-hmm. So it forces me to think about the moves I'm making. Yeah. Yeah. It's and mix, I haven't mixing is it. hard. It's, <laughs> it's, it's mixing endless. Has too. been one of the, the biggest learning curve things that I've ever done in my life. Like, yeah. I've tell anybody that i talked to about that it's like even learning how to cook food was like way easier than like yeah. mixing a song like because you know i didn't i thought this would be an interesting thing mm-hmm. like me you and and uh phoenix take the same tracks and all mix it sure yeah. and then do like a comparative thing on like how different it can be between three different people mixing the same thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I would just be like, that would just be fun. So what you're saying is you want to do a monthly feature on our podcast. That's what I'm hearing. I would love to. I mean, I, I like to talk about stuff and yeah. learn stuff, and that's what this is about. So Nailed it. Phoenix, we have a reoccurring guest. I doubt he's going to listen to this episode. I've never even like met Phoenix in really? real life. I don't yeah. think so. I see him on the internet a lot, like send him a playing with just be like, Bob's kid or yeah they're good they are pretty good they're cranking out some 
rock rockers. Yeah. Some rocking. Those kids. Which are, I would expect nothing less from Bob's kid. Yeah. <laughs> but they rip though. Yeah. No, I wish I. He's that kid's got it made. Like, I want all those toys to play with. I know. I was like, it's pretty cool. If I had Bob's studio and I was sixteen, I uh, I would never leave either. I did kind of have Bob's toys my whole life. That's fair. We've borrowed stuff from him yeah. for like literally like 20 years. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I, I'm basically Bob's child. That's fair. So, yeah. He, uh, he did like to tell me, he's like, I mixed his band at the high school battle of the bands. Yeah. I was like, I think you mixed my band at the high school battle of the bands. <laughs> he's like, you've been he's mixing. Like, he's like, really? And I was like, yeah. And then we told him, he's like, oh yeah, you guys were awful. And I was like, <laughs> I, yes. And then there was uh, a festival where the other dudes from one of my high school bands formed another band, and they played, like, the same set list. <laughs> and I looked at my girlfriend, and I was like, I wrote this song when I was 13. And she goes, this is a terrible song. And I was like, you, I was 13. Like, she's like, don't tell anybody I was like, about I'm, that. <laughs> at the time, I was like, I'm 25 now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some upgrades musically. Oh, man. So... So what's this uh, playlist? I, I, I what am I supposed to do now? Your uh, five songs that you're feeling today, or more, whatever. That's our kind of our tie-in. I know. We'd like to get more. I should have been more prepared though. That's fine. So what'd you listen? To? And I don't even have my phone. I could look on my phone, but yeah, it's I'm, out there. That's fair. But we could actually. I could go get it, right? Yeah, I can cut this like, out. Yeah, yeah. Because you're gonna edit this. All right. Let me go get my phone real quick. Yeah, I don't know what I'm listening. I've only listened to podcasts today. I've listened to no music. I'll just go off the cuff. Yeah. Are right, you go first? No, you are the guest. I go you first. can go first. Yeah. Late. Uh, so there's a song called uh, "Wilder Days" by Morgan Wade, and it's kind of a. I don't know how I stumbled on it. It's it's like more like Americana. Mm. It's it's like borderline pop country. I don't know. It's right in between. Gotcha. Super cool, but I think like Sadler Vaden that plays with Jason Isbell like. They played a festival mm. together, and like the sound guy gave them the, her CD, and then he ended up like writing it and producing it. Oh, that's her. cool. So it's super cool tonally. Um, it's a perfect pop song, like I perfect like pop song. I, I, I do too, and especially the older I get. But um, perfect pop song, great tones, drum tones, guitar tones. It would be like a record I would strive to be like, wow, I want to make something sound because it Similar doesn't sound that. overly polished either. Like, yeah, you can tell they put some money and time into it, but it's like natural but right, just perfect. Yeah. They like, spent twenty hours picking the, the the snare sound. Yes, yes, yeah, cool. and I think you would enjoy like headphones, awesome to listen on. Sweet, yeah. I that's my favorite thing about this podcast was the playlist idea because I like discovering new music but I never know where to go like I just fall in my wormholes of I know I listen to the same thing over and over again yeah Yeah. 
But I've recently gotten into, uh, did you ever listen to Father John Misty? Yes. I've recently discovered him. I followed his drummer on Instagram for like years. Um, his drummer is like my home studio, like hero guy. Like he's always coming up with like crazy drum sounds and he just converted his two car garage into his home studio. It's awesome. I'll send you his Instagram. Uh, Dan Bailey is his name. I haven't listened to too much but i know the stuff i've heard i've been like wow this is like really cool yeah and i never listened to him i was like i follow his drummer or his live drummer like this guy's cool i should you know listen to what he plays so the uh i always forget the name of the song the uh, hollywood forever cemetery sings or something like that it's been my jam of the last couple days i'm gonna really listen enjoy to it. it i do listen to you your guys's songs because i'm always like curious sweet is it easy to find the playlist through the link like I've never found it through the link. I just yeah. like, I just like look it up while you guys are saying. Ah, it. gotcha. Yeah, I think in each episode there's a description that'll take you to your platform of choice. I gotta look at that. Yeah. I'm not very good at like listening to podcasts. Like that's fair. But like, I don't feel like the Apple interface is like super user yeah. friendly either. But there's sometimes like yeah. can't couldn't even find the podcast your podcast. Yeah, that was for, uh, like weeks. That was our. Uh, I was listening on YouTube, though. Our changeover. I was leaving my phone on in the car to listen to it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sweet. I appreciate it. Um, th- there's a... So my second song. Yeah. I might not make it till five. That's fine. I, might, I think I have like four. That's cool. Um, Black Pumas. Mm-hmm. Um, any of the songs on their album. <laughs> but particularly like Colors was like the bigger single Mm. that they released production on that is like gorgeous like it sounds like it was made in 1971 yeah that's a good sounding record it's i just can't even get over like the drum tones like it's like it sounds so it's so small it's like if this is your field like it's taking up only this spot but it's but it's huge and i'm like how do you do that it's like it's magic like Good feel, good kit. Probably mono, so, maybe. I think mono. It's similar. It had the black keys kind of drum vibe to it, yeah. but without the extra layers of stuff. Yeah, like a little less distortion. Maybe. Yeah, not as saturated. Just yeah, yeah. But god damn it, is it beautiful? Yeah. I got it on vinyl. Nice. That's why I bring it back up. I know it's an older. It came out like last year, but at Target. I got it on vinyl at Target. I've gotten a lot of good vinyl at Target. I felt I felt like an dirty. old dirty yeah. man, like for for reals. I, I was the, like, I bought the blue album at Target. I was ooh, really excited. I would have bought if I saw that. I would buy that there. Yeah, because that's that's uh that surf rock USA song. Yeah, so good. Someone was. Can I make that my third song? Yeah, sure. Surf rock USA. Weezer. Have you ever heard of it? I just told you I bought the blue. I was going to pick something off. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to completely switch gears. And the uh, the new Meshuggah single, The Abysmal Eye, has been like my workout song of the past couple weeks. What is it? Like, I've never heard They're of it. They're like super heavy. Like, they kind of started the gent movement. What's the gent movement? Like, you know, the heavy, chuggy metal stuff. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. See, I'm like old. I don't even know like subgenres anymore. They are like, I don't know how heavy you go musically, but 
they are ridiculous. I can't believe you've never listened to Meshuggah before. I'm going to listen to it. You should. It's... When we started writing Bear Mountain stuff, I started listening to more heavy stuff. But like, no, this is like Bear Mountain stuff's not necessarily like super heavy, no. but it's heavier than anything I had written. Oh, this is like heavy, heavy, like, like real heavy. Yeah. Like, but now I just like when I listen to Meshuggah, I just want to get jacked. So they're like my workout pick, and the new so like they're older, like they're all pushing fifty or in their fifties, and they're still writing like this is just like heaviest metal imaginable it's awesome I'm gonna listen to that on the way home it's good um you'll either be really into it or you'll be like no <laughs> not going down that road again I'm gonna go into it with a very open mind yeah I'm, just, I'm disgustingly I, heavy I'm a very like I love Americana music like yeah like anybody that knows me probably knows Jason Isabel is like my favorite and I'm like a super fanboy. Mm -hmm. like um but I, I like I like I like melodic songwriting, like you know, like yeah. Nick's stuff. Like I, I like his stuff because it's like that's just what I, you know. I grew up listening to bluegrass and all that gotcha, stuff, yeah. but with my dad, so mm. I'm like uh, hone in on that, you know. Um, like Meshuggah's very rhythmical. There's a lot of like polyrhythms and the drums and guitar. Like you know, the you know in certain songs the kick drum is following the guitar pattern, but this you know the hands are just playing like two and four just pretty solidly mm -hmm. and stuff and yeah it's like it's screaming vocals but he delivers it in a very like polyrhythmic cadence because mm -hmm. i think the drummer writes a lot of the lyrics so it's a very like it's a very percussive and rhythmical thing and it's just i'm gonna check it out it's awesome um oh this song came out last week the flying v's local outfit um you know the stable shakers yeah, yeah. brecken mm -hmm. not personally but i know yeah very t like very talented but they started like this all girl like i don't even know it's like soul band it, it's it's basically like four of them or five i think it's five four and they harmonize like they're all amazing vocalists and they put out this song called the devil knows my name and it was produced by a guy that lives up that way in like Chambersburg. And okay. it sounds like amazing. Like it it's radio it ready, like it's super cool. Nice. So yeah, Flying V's The Devil Knows My Name, I think. I feel is. like I saw someone invited me to maybe like them on Facebook or something, or someone shared. You should something. like them. They're super I'll, cool. I'll check it out. Yeah. If you ever listen to Banks and Steels, no. It is the Rizza. From the Wu Tang Clan. Okay, I know that. And the dude from Interpol. Huh. And they have a band. And That's they have a song called Giant, which is awesome. But for whatever reason, if my iTunes, when I go in my car, goes on shuffle, that is one of the first three songs <laughs> it'll play. That is and weird. Is that awesome. mine does that to me too. It just yeah. plays like the same three songs. Yeah. So But it won't be alphabetical. Like sometimes no. it starts alphabetical, but it'll just like You'll click on a new album and you'll play a song and then you'll want to skip the next song and it won't go to the third song on the album. It'll just be like, we're on shuffle now. <laughs> and for whatever reason, my car always plays Giant, which is great because that song's phenomenal. That sounds like an it's a weird amazing pairing. combination. Though. It's a good album. Because I, I, I love both those things. They so. are. <laughs> I didn't know it existed and someone showed it to me. 
It's like, what is this? And it's all I want to listen to. Huh. Um, so one more. Yeah. Um, Surfer Blood is the band. It's the first track off. Look, look, can you look it up real quick? Yeah. I just can't remember the name of the track, but like, so I like got it kind of in like jazz master guitars and like, it's, mm-hmm. it's like a super nerdy world of people that just love offset guitars. I like a good jazz master. It's my favorite guitar, but, um, uh, which um, is it? This one here. Oh yeah. The first one floating vibes. It's just like, it's like a, they're older. Like I think that album's what from says twenty ten. Twenty ten, yeah. But like I found it on this like message board for like jazz master lovers, and it's okay. super cool. Like floaty, surfy. I think you'd really like it actually. Sweet. So I've yeah. been jamming on that pretty hard. Nice. So now I need a fifth one to round it out. Oh god. I haven't. I again. I haven't listened to music today. It's weird. It's been a weird day. It's been a podcast only listening day. Like even even when I worked out, I was just like listening to a live. I listened to a ton of podcasts. All right. Uh, my last pick will be a song called "I Saw the Night Die" by a band called Cold Collective. They're like an indie rock band from Massachusetts. Hmm. Um, their frontman actually passed away, so they hacked into his computer. And downloaded all of the demos he had written, and then hmm. they wrote the album off of the demos that he had left on his hard drive. Wow, that's cool! And it's it's a really good album. Huh. I'm internet friends with the one guitar player, so nice. that's cool. To I'm gonna check that yeah. out. Cool. Awesome! Thanks for coming out. Yeah, man. Have uh, it's been super fun. Anything to uh, plug to the audience? No. Just this stuff, Jack's Hard Cider, Mail the Kitchen. We the got core, swag. It's the core theater. That's what they're calling it. Because the apples. Yeah. I get see, it. You get it. It's so smart. I got it. I can pick up context clues. It's, yeah. We're going to have a logo with you know, core and everything. But Sweet. No, it's, it, yeah. So live music, pizza, cider, pasta. All great things. Risotto, beef I'll, tongue toast. That's really good. I had that. the, uh, we had one of the appetizers. Something with fish. I don't remember what it was. Trout toast. No, it was like something. It's like raw fish. Oh, the, was, um, you got the tuna crudo. Yeah, that's that really good. good. Yeah, we only had that. You must have been there at the right, right was, at the right time. Valentine's weekend. No, it was. This was back in. Oh yeah, we had it on the menu. Back in December. Yeah, it was on that menu. We stopped in for like a happy hour or something. The spring menu will come out soon. Sweet. As soon as I finish it, but. It could be a week. It could be a month. Yeah, a podcast know. to go on. I I have yeah. stuff to do. Yeah, so it's the other stuff to do. But thanks for having me. Absolutely, super fun. All right, everybody, go check out Josh's band Bear Mountain and follow him on wherever Instagram. Instagram, just follow him around. Go. We don't have a Facebook go, for Bear Mountain. Go to Josh's work and just uh, <laughs> see what I'll he's up to. I'll make you something. Yep. I'll make you a cheeseburger or something. You can go in and you could be like, Did a- is that the oven that Adam stood on? And he'll be like, yes. Yeah, that's the one. the one. This is the one from the podcast. You heard it. So, <laughs> All right. Sweet.